Welcome to the Art of the Conversation. I am your host, J.A. LaRock. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. We begin our podcast series with sports writer, podcaster, and president of Heat Twitter, Alphonse Sydney, also known as Alf954 on Twitter. For those of us in South Florida, we're very familiar with Alf's work on 790 The Ticket, as well as Miami Heat Beat, and working with Ethan J. Skolnick on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Alf also co-hosts a culture and commentary podcast called Light Skin Opinions. I wanted to start at the beginning of Alf's dive into South Florida sports. Well, you know what's funny? I I never wanted a podcast. I never listened to podcasts. Uh, I didn't even know how to download a podcast when I started this. Um, the fun, I wanted to be a writer. Um, and I hadn't written for years and years. You know, you get, I, you know, I went to school for journalism. I used to write a little bit on the side, but then you start getting involved. And like you said, family and work and career and all this other stuff. So, you know, you just, you kind of, you kind of lose, you know, you lose time for your passion. So, um, I actually started writing again. I wrote a blog, um, because Dan Lebetard was leaving the afternoon spot on local radio and going to do the, you know, the, the early, the late morning slot on ESPN. So there was a hole in the South Florida marketplace for a drive time sports radio show. So I had this basically a grassroots movement on Twitter um, calling for Ethan Skolnick and Izzy Gutierrez to have their own show. And we had hashtag Izzy in the juice and it got it took off to the point that 790 the ticket actually noticed it and gave them their own show. So it was like this kind of this big deal. And there was like, Alf, you did it. You know, it was, it was just it was fun. It was silly. It was fun. But it was kind of cool that, you know, you could actually have an, a, a direct impact on the local marketplace through a Twitter movement. So after that happened, I ended up writing an article about my love of sports radio and how Izzy and the Juice came to be and blah, 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 this, that, and the third. And that blog caught fire and uh, kind of went viral, uh, be, like with Lebertard retweeting it. And re- basically, like in the South Florida media community, like that article went pretty viral because I really hearkened back to like, you know, the early 90s of South Florida sports radio and people just really enjoyed it. So after that, I started getting, you know, People, different um, different blogs, different websites were reaching out to me asking if I wanted a writing position. None of them were paid, of course, because <laughs> that's how writing works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so eventually Miami Heat Beat reached out to me and they were, we were doing a lot more written content back then. Um, so they were they asked me if I wanted to write. I said, sure. So I started I, I did a few articles for them and then they asked me, did I want to jump on a podcast? And I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, and then they were like, yeah, we just we recorded it. it's about an hour. I said, OK, the first time I did it uh, was actually I didn't know how to I really didn't know what to do. So I actually used my son's Kindle, uh, you know, the little Amazon Kindles. And uh-huh. it, sound, it sounded terrible. There was a huge delay. And I was like, that, I'm, I'm terrible at this. I'm never doing it again. This is about six years ago, actually. And then um, then they were like, no, that was great. I'll come back again. So I just kept doing heat beat more and more. And then eventually that's kind of just how I started. I just I was I, I was just constant reps on heat beat to the point that people enjoyed it. So I just kept doing it. And that's kind of how this the podcasting side took hold, because I never really even thought that I didn't think I had the voice for it. I didn't think I had the personality for it. So 
it just kind of fell into place that way. Well, I think what was great about Heapy, and I admit I came in late, I'd say maybe like 2016 or so, but um, I would say that it, I think it bridged the gap between like a group of friends talking, but it was still really good information. And, you know, maybe somebody from the outside might think that that's, oh, that's no big deal, but actually it is. Like if you listen to a lot of podcasts, it seems like it's hard to have that split between sounding personable where anybody can say, hey, these guys are almost like my friends, but at the same time, still giving you that professional aspect where it's like, oh, I learned something or I, I was able to get something out of this. Uh, just you working with the Heat Beat guys, like, d- did you guys have just a specific way that you felt that you were able to achieve that or is it just organic? It was organic just because those guys, especially like, you know, I started – it was really Giancarlo Navas, um, I don't know if you follow, Harrison Citrin, uh, and Brian Goins, and me, and then Jack Alfonso started, and then we got Leif and Nikias and all these different people. So at first it was really organic because, you know, me, Brian, and Gianni didn't think anyone was actually, anyone was actually listening. So we were just really relaxed, and we were just having a conversation. And then... I, I noticed early on that these guys were all kind of influenced by Lebertard the same way I was, where it's fun sometimes, yes, you're doing a sports show, but to just go completely off topic and go into pop culture or go into personal lives and just make fun of each other and just like that camaraderie that's involved. So we just experimented with stuff. Just I would just stop talking about the heat in the middle of a you know conversation and just start talking about Johnny's love life or <laughs> The fact that every white girl's name is Allison and stuff like that, like it was just just I would I literally would just try to throw, <clears throat> try to throw curveballs into the middle of conversations, especially when I felt like it was getting too sports heavy or too like X's and O heavy. Like if I heard Johnny say spread, pick and roll too many times, it was like, I'm done. We're, <laughs> let's go completely off topic. So it, it was really it was very organic, you know, and it, we. Honestly, those guys are all all the guys in Heat Beat. I still they're they're actually real life friends now through this. Um, so it that when I say organically, it really it actually turned into a friendship. So when you hear us joking around and stuff on the podcast, it's 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 real. They're, those guys are my friends, and we're having a good time. And I think it actually and like you're saying, it came through over the podcast, and people really seem to enjoy that. Yeah, and I would say that listen to it that. You know, it nothing seemed forced. You know, sometimes you see like a, a forced conflict, you know, not like a real conflict, but more like ribbing your friends or things like that. Here, it, it was just natural. Um, but as far as on the other side of it, the professional side, um, I know that a lot of times people who start out something, especially whether they are friends before or they become friends during, sometimes it can be hard because in their mind, they're looking for certain benchmarks. You know, if you're a writer, you'll say, man, how many people read my stuff? And then you almost get that divide between the person that's like, I want to do this for me and for, I don't care if it's two people. And then there's the people that say, I need to have 10K people watching it or I don't feel it's worth my time. How did you uh, make that transition where, you know, Heapy kept getting bigger, more downloads, you know, more respect uh, from, from, you know, other people in the community? Um, like I said, we were doing it when we started it, there was never, there was never a plan for it to get huge or anything. It was, it was just a, the funny thing is the podcast was just a side project for the writing. Like 
it was just something else to do outside of the blogging, outside of the columns, outside of the opinion pieces, game recaps. So the, the podcast was secondary. So we never really put much stock into it. We, it was just a, it was almost like it was a time for us to hang out every week. So as it got as it grew and it got bigger and more people listened, we never really, you know, we never really worried about downloads or anything like that because it still wasn't really our main focus. And as time went on and we started realizing, you know, we went from 200 to 400 to 600 to 2000 downloads and you know, the the community around the show keeps growing and growing. We start realizing, hey guys, we probably need to put, you know put a little bit more effort into this. Alf, stop recording on a Kindle. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, we start buying mics and buying professional headphones and start you know working on you know so we start working on different things and it just like I said it just really really grew organically. We never like place promoted advertising or anything like that. It was just it was the community around Heat Twitter as you know is really really strong word spread and we just it just started to catch fire a little bit we never we never really came up with any kind of benchmarks because we i mean we never even sold the show the sold we didn't start they didn't start selling the show until really after i left and um now they're selling the show they're on blue wire pods and they're making money doing it but we never even we never even thought we knew eventually it could make money but that's not that was never our focus we were just trying to have a good time now, as far as the social media aspect, you know, I know that, you know, you as uh, president of Heat Twitter, you know, it it has to do with interaction and being, you know, very uh, present on that social media platform so that people can interact with you, whether it's hot takes or actual news or just talking with fans. I know that a lot of times when someone's starting out, especially if they're younger, they may feel comfortable to post anonymously. But once you actually put your name to something, they're a little bit more nervous. It's a little harder to navigate Twitter. And especially when you have to combine that with your actual show where it's like you want to talk about things that is going on on Twitter. But as you said, Twitter can sometimes be crazy. So how did you navigate building that social media presence and integrating that into the podcast, but not letting it overtake you to the point where Twitter is dictating what you talk about or what you say? Well, it's funny. You talk about anonymous. I was anonymous on Twitter for years. Um, I mean, I think I've been on Twitter since 2010. Uh, this is actually my second account. The first account was up to like 3000 followers. I actually deleted that account, got a new one. Uh, that one, uh, this one's up to 3,500 followers. But I was anonymous for most of this time. Like I never showed my real face. Um, you know, I never used my real name. And it's funny, uh, the reason I had to basically change, you know, change that was I got a job as Ethan's co-host on that drive time radio show that I talked about at the beginning. Um, So I was on 790 The Ticket from, you know, uh, three to six, um, you know, a few times a week handling, you know, uh, co-hosting duties. So the first day I went on there, uh, Ethan's like we we had never met before. And he just like, this is, I think it's like 2017 or 16. I'm not even sure anymore. I can't even remember. Uh, it all starts blending together since COVID has been about six years. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so everything, everything feels like it was a long time ago. Um, the first day I was like, yeah, just call me Alf954. I don't like my real name being out there. Uh, he's like, okay. Five minutes into the show, he's like, yeah, my co-host Alf Sydney. 
I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, did you really? <sighs> okay, whatever. So, and then, then the, the program director at 790 was like, we're not going to keep calling you Alf 954. Like, we can call you Alf Sydney, but like, come on, this is professional. So that's when I decided to actually use my real name on Twitter, started using my real face. Um, just because it, because now it's that I was getting paid for it. I was like, I get, I guess I got to come, you know, I got to come clean, I guess. Uh, it would, the, the thing was the anonymity was fun because I don't, he Twitter during the early 2010s during the big three era was, um, was not safe for work at all. And I never wanted my job to find out that that was me saying all these outlandish things on the internet. So right. I, I kind of, I've ever since I started using my real name, I've toned it down a little bit, not completely. Anybody who follows me knows. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's when I started using the real name and everything. And like I said, I, my Twitter account isn't for, isn't just really for promoting uh, podcasts or anything like that. It's just how I feel and what I want to talk about. Um, like I said, I've calmed it down, but I'm always just going to be me. So I don't let social media dictate what I'm going to talk about or who I'm going to be on air or a persona or anything like that. Now, that when you went from actually when when Ethan first started the podcast, it was it was different. Can you tell us about that transition from like working with Heatbeat and then you know working with Ethan? Well, so there, so Ethan, the original show was a five, a five reasons podcast. So it was him and Chris Whittingham. Then they built it out uh, into a whole network with three yards per carry covering the Dolphins, and then Miami Heat beat. We came on as the Heat podcast. So you know, every team was covered, and it still is covered by five reasons. But as things, you know, continue to grow and change, he we decided to go a different direction and went with the blue the Blue Wire podcast network. And Chris Whittingham had left five reasons. So uh, Ethan was doing a show basically by himself. And he realized uh, not, you know, just everyone knows Ethan Skolnick. You know, he's covered every team in this town, but they know him mostly for the Miami Heat. So he's like, I just need to do a heat show if Heat beats leaving. And then I decided and then he asked me, Alf, would you like to? you know, do this show with me. And it'll just be me, me and you. Uh, we changed the name to five on the floor, started covering the heat exclusively. Uh, it, it, it stopped being a general sports show. He, uh, heat beat when there's separate ways. I still do stuff with heat beat all the time. It's not, you know, there's no animosity or bad blood or any of that stuff. You know, we still have a chat called Miami heat beat that I'm a part of. Um, but the, the five on five on the floor came about because heat beat left and Ethan needed a heat show. And the only thing I'm really interested interested in talking about sports wise is the Heat. You know, I'm not going to talk about the Dolphins or anything like that because I really don't care. Um, so we started doing that show, and then it just started getting bigger and bigger to the point where I mean, we were doing five days a week, and so that's why we brought in Alex Toledo, um, and then all, now we've uh, also added Greg Leif Sylvander. So now it's four of us. Most of the time it's Ethan with the other three of us rotating. And it's just it's become really, really big, really popular uh, doing post game streams that have gotten 25 to 30,000 views. Uh, it's just been really fun it's in being credentialed media in the locker room, covering games like it's just been ever since five on the floor kind of took off. It's just been kind of a wild ride. And I'm just kind of I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I, what the hell I'm doing here. But hey, it's fun. 
Now, unfortunately, I also have to talk about sometimes the haters because there's always going to be some. And I'm not really talking about so much like a, a rival team, like, you know, like the 76ers. I'm with you guys most of the time. I, I can't stand, you know, those guys, things like that. But how did you deal with it coming from within? Because sometimes even on Reddit, you know, I'd see something posted. It'll, it'll be like, oh, five on the floor said this. And there's always seems to be one or two guys that's like, well, what do they know? And it always seems to be that that jealousy that's like unwarranted. Like, why does it? Why do you have to attack people that are trying to come out? These are people from Miami doing a good thing, and there's attacks. And I know that there's sometimes just trolls, but I mean, has there ever been just people where you look at it and be like, man, why are you guys hating on a group that's trying to add more content, especially free content, when everyone else is, you know? putting up paywalls and, and pulling back, you guys are actually giving to the community but still have to deal with haters. Dude, I used to get mad at that stuff. Like, uh, somebody would talk about my an article I wrote or my performance on a podcast or my opinion on I used to get mad. I used to care. I don't anymore because one, once, one thing I just started to realize is these people are not they, – it's not even that they disagree with you. Or they think you're really terrible at podcasting or and if they did really, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, like, listen, either listen or don't listen. What I started to realize, so many of these people that have these opinions that want to, you know, talk crap on the Internet or post on Reddit or post on your YouTube comments, they're following you on social media. They're downloading your podcast. They're actually just fans and they're just jealous half the time. They, you know, they, they look at, you know, what does Alf know? Why should Alf be on a podcast and I'm not? And honestly, I look at them. You probably have a point. You probably should start a podcast because I don't know crap half the time. I talk out of my ass most of the time, whatever. But it's like for to hate on somebody or to, you know, to post nasty shit on the Internet. It's like whatever, man. Like I, I used to care. It used to bother me. But once I started realizing that these people are just envious, you know, over everything else, it's just is it, and to keep feeding into that is basically giving them what they want. Like trolls crave reactions. And the more you react to them, basically you're feeding them what they're looking for. So I just started blocking and muting and just, you know, just going about my day. And it's a, it's a much more peaceful existence than giving a crap with all these people. It's like if, if you don't like the content, don't consume it. Plain yeah. and simple. Like I, anything else is anything else is simple. is simply is silly to me. It's like, Give me a real criticism or constructive criticism or a real opinion. If we can discuss and we can argue, but when you're just blanket hating, like uh, whatever, you know, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't have time for that. Like I have a life. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I know that there's been a joke about, you know, like, like you say, that sometimes you're just repeating something else. But the truth is, is that you give a lot of insights. I mean, even when listening to like some of those draft shows, like, I'm the kind of person I don't know anything about the the college up and comers. Like maybe I'll hear a name that's really popular, you know, like Zion. Of course, I knew about that because it was in the news every day. But still, you bring a lot of information, and I think it's a good split between having that professional side that you're bringing actual news and information and insight, and then that fan side. Because sometimes you get people that almost want to abandon the fans as if we're the unwashed masses that don't need to be catered to. But you often bring back the fan and say, well, what about this? Or I don't like this guy because, you know, he looks funny or something like that. And I think <laughs> it warms things up 
was that part of you finding your voice from like the very beginning when you were using the Kindle and, you know, and you said, hey, you know what, I'm going to be this type of personality or again, was that just organic and you're just being you? It's organic, but I mean, finding your voice is organic, right? If you, you know, if, if, if you do a quote unquote the right way, it should be organic. You know, I, one of the things that I used to have all this anxiety about doing that show with Ethan on, uh, like when I was on 790 The Ticket and we were on AM radio and it wasn't a heat show. It was a general South Florida and sports show. Like, so I would literally go home and read up on the Dolphins offensive line. And I did not care about the Dolphins, Dolphins offensive <laughs> line. Like, so it became a miserable experience to me. So what I've tried to do is just be as I, and I've learned over and over, along the years that you can't pretend like people are going to sniff that out really quick. If I start acting like I know what a Spain pick and roll is or like I really researched the numbers on this draft prospect, it's going to come out very quickly that I, all I did was watch a YouTube video or like, you know, I looked up some stats right before I got on air. Like I'm not Nikias Duncan. I'm not Christian Hernandez. I'm not um, Tom Haberstrow or any of these guys. I am who I am. I watch a game and, so I developed like Alf's eye test because I don't I take things mostly for what I see, what I see in front of me. And then usually it's either super right or super wrong. And who cares? And we can have fun with it. But if you're just not if you're not being genuine, like it's so apparent to people. And I think people enjoy the fact that even yeah, they tune in the five on the floor and they want to hear about the draft prospects and uh, Lathe has done all the research. He's going to go through every big man, every swing man, every point guard, and he's going to break down everything for you. And I'm going to hear the fact that one of the guy's name is Precious, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you, hell no, we're not drafting a guy named Precious. And I think people just enjoy the fact that Alpha's like me. He doesn't know who these prospects are. But I'm interested to learn about him, but I'm also going to have a laugh about it because I, I still – I think a lot of it is silly. I think we're – putting we're putting these expectations on 18 year olds and getting disappointed when they don't feel you know fulfill them it's it's kind of, it's just silly and it's dumb but at the same time you know I'm just like everybody else I do want to hear about who these guys are but I, I think people it's refreshing to hear somebody tell you on a sports show that's supposed to be full of experts and this just tells you I don't know or I don't yeah. care you know I think people like to hear that because okay like it, it, it's not just me, <laughs> you know, there's there's more people out there like me who just, you know, either don't know or don't care about this stuff. And maybe in outside of, um, you know, South Florida, maybe it's 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 a different environment as far as podcasting. But I really like that, you know, you bring the voice of people of color, even though I know listening to the last um, podcast that there's kind of a discrepancy about exactly how. Uh, so many people are thrown into that, which I thought was really great. So anybody should everybody should go listen to that about that that discussion. But um, having you be able to talk about issues that are important to, you know, the black community, you know, to Hispanic communities, things like that is also important, not just only on light skin opinions, but even sometimes when you're just talking sports, it, it shines through. A lot of people seem to be almost afraid to shy. They, they shy away from that because they think that's going to uh, alienate people or something like that, especially as polarized as we are. But you're able to talk to it and bring voice and you know help people out. And I think that that's really an important aspect. Is that something that you've always wanted to make sure that hey, if I'm going to have a voice out there, I want to try and help people and lift people up for my community. 
Well, I don't know if it's it was like um, if it's something that I ever thought about. Like one thing that's hard to do is not be black when you are black. Yeah. So and if I'm going to try to be myself, being black is being part of that. Uh, so I always, you know, I've always, you know, I don't want to play some, you know, the, the black token character on a show, but I am going to be me. And part of who I am is being this child of Haitian immigrants and being a black man in America so that is going going to pardon the pun color all of my opinions, and I don't I like you said I've never run from that I've always embraced it, um, and I just think like you said I think people people enjoy that especially uh, as as un, underrepresented as we are in the media especially in sports where if we didn't play a sport or we're not you know we're not a former athlete people you know we don't get a lot of shots out there sure. um, so. It, it that's always been part of my part of me is just being being who I am is like I said I'm being black is going to come out and and my opinions are going to be colored by my upbringing and the fact that who I am and how this country has treated me and treated my people or what you know however you want to call it and one of the good things about Ethan and Five Reasons Sports he's always made a point to highlight voices and people of color. Um, when I started Light Skin Opinions with Chris Maddox and uh, Paris Thompson, that was supposed to be just a side thing because as much as I do, as much as I, I do represent who I am on Five on the Floor or Heat Beat or one of those shows, there's only so far you can go because it is still a Miami Heat show. And I, I felt like I had more to say and I wanted to say more. So we created Light Skin Opinions just to have an, an, another another outlet for some of the, for some of those quote unquote opinions. And when Ethan found out we were doing it, he was like, I want that show for my network. And I was like, I'm looking at him like he's crazy. I'm like, you run a sports network in South Florida. You want, you know, three black guys uh, dropping the N word and F bombs all over the place. You want, <laughs> you, you want to be associated with that. And Ethan's like, yeah, it's important to have all kinds of voices. So uh, that's one thing I'll, I'll give Ethan a ton of credit for where, uh, I mean, so many people be afraid of lights and opinions as a show and as something that represents your name and your label, quote unquote, in your brand. But he wasn't. And that was really important to me uh, to be able to express some of those other opinions that I have outside of sports, because, I mean, none of us are just one thing. And I'm not just a Miami Heat fan. You know, I have other things that I want to talk about. And lights and opinions gives me a chance to do that. Yeah, and I think that it's great to have that opportunity. And you're right, like to, for Ethan to add that to the network uh, is important because it shows that, hey, these are important conversations and you shouldn't be scared. I mean, that's the thing. It's like we have been almost willing to accept uh, things that are considered uncomfortable or harsh coming from the other side. But when someone wants to speak the truth, then now people are saying, oh, that's too harsh. You got to keep quiet. And I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I think that, you know, you're talking from the heart. You're talking about the community from the community and that should be accepted. It shouldn't be hidden away. I understand places like ESPN and stuff. It's it's different. But I'm glad that there's places where people can go and experience that. But I wanted to ask you also. Let's say for the people who are maybe brand new or thinking, you know, maybe I do have a plan for a podcast or I want to maybe join up with some other people and do a podcast. Just in your experience, you know, from the beginning to now, 
what like little tips would you give someone who's trying to to come up like that? I think the most important thing, like you talked about a few times, finding your voice and being absolutely genuine, because if you're not people, like I said, people will sniff it out. So finding your voice and then finding something to talk about that you're interested in and that more importantly, that you're educated on. So <laughs> I, I make jokes a lot of times about the fact that I don't know a lot about, you know, I'm not an X's and O guy in basketball, whatever. But I, what I do, I do know basketball. I do know the Miami Heat. I know what I'm watching. Right. Um, and I watch the games. Right. I I follow the team on uh, social media. I follow the news and everything that's going on. So I do when I come on, I do sound informed. Um, there's a lot of people that, yeah, you're passionate about something, but are you informed? Did you, you know, are, are you educated on the subject? You know, I'm not going to run out in light, on light skin opinions and start talking about things. Um, you know, it's funny, like sometimes Chris will bring up a rapper. And if I don't know Lil Dirk or Lil Nuck Nuck or whoever the hell it is, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right then and there, I don't know that person. But at, on, on the whole, I'm educated on the subjects that we talk about. So, I would say be genuine, be educated on what you talk about and talk about something that you're passionate about. Um, don't start a Dolphins podcast if you don't really care about the Dolphins. Right. <laughs> don't start a politics podcast if you don't want if you don't really like talking about politics. Find whatever your niche is. If it's gardening and if you love gardening, like do a gardening podcast. So it, don't just try to find something that's popular because every niche has its audience. Um and that's more important than just trying to, you know, piggyback onto what's popular or what's trending or what's hot at the time. You know, whatever you what you know, if you John, John Carl Navas does an anime podcast, I, I think it's the weirdest thing in the world. But he has a ton of <laughs> he has a big following in the anime community. That's awesome for him. You know what I mean? And he loves the heat. So he does those podcasts. So. Find something you're really interested, you're passionate about, educate yourself on it, and be absolutely genuine. And the fourth thing, which honestly probably should have been the first thing, is don't stop. Right. You're going to suck for <laughs> for a long time, and your shows are going to be damn near terrible and unlistenable. But don't stop. Just continue to improve and get better. Upgrade your equipment when you're able to. You know, um, Reach out to other podcasters. They will give you tips on the right mics, the right programs, all this stuff. They will they will help you. Uh, they, other podcasters, nobody, you know, it's a community. People aren't really trying to tear down another podcast. There's enough listeners out there for all of us. So if you reach out, you know, you reach out to me about equipment. I'm going to refer you to somebody else because I I've had to ask somebody else about, you know, everything that I've learned. So I will. But I can refer you to people who will help you. And people are just super helpful. Just but don't stop because you hit a road bump, hit a speed bump. Record as much as possible. You know, try to make it a weekly thing, biweekly thing. But just do not stop. And because eventually you'll find your voice, find your niche, find your audience. And even if you don't real, try to remember, did you get into podcasting to be rich or did you do it because it was an outlet uh, for, for some of your thoughts, emotions and feelings? And if that's the case, then what's the point of stopping? You still need an outlet. So just keep going. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's that's great advice. I think you, you have to love uh, what what you're doing, especially like when you were talking about with writing. You know, as a writer, you, you, you could almost put that you're never going to be rich. <laughs> but do you love it? Do you actually love writing? Do you enjoy what you do? Do you almost have a need to put it out there, even if very few people see it? 
And I think if you start from that, um, you know, you're already on a, a great track. Um, the last thing I want to ask about, uh, ask about, I really love like the stories of like behind the scenes and things like that. I mean, I love whenever Ethan starts talking about something that happened while he was on the road and things like that. Do you have a story about either, uh, you know, when you went to a training camp or summer league or something, and it was just, you know, a, a funny story or a funny experience that you could share? Uh, our first media day for the first one, the only one I've been to this past season, pretty big. It was Jimmy Furtler's, Jimmy Butler's introduction to the media, uh, Tyler Hero's first go around, and they gave five reasons our own table. It was amazing. I brought Chris Maddox from Lights and Opinions. It was me, him, Ethan, Alex Toledo, and we just interviewing player after player after player. We inter- inter- interviewed Coach Spolstra. It was great, right? Um, I was in charge of the equipment. What did I tell you before? I don't know anything about this equipment. So I got a quick tutorial from Parrish, who, who uh, produces Light Skin Opinions. He told me what to do. We get there, and I'm watching. You know, I'm, I'm like, I think I'm doing everything right. I think I'm doing everything right. We did seven interviews, six players and Coach, coach Spolstra. Uh, we get home. I'm converting all the audio. I didn't record anything. Oh, my God. Not a all I did. Basically, I had all these mics set up and we looked all professional. None of it was reading through the mixer going into the 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 recording program. The only thing was picking up was my uh, my laptop mic. And guess who was sitting right in front of the laptop? Me. So the (laughs) only thing you got was me, my questions, my laughter like (laughs) that's all you got. So literally an entire day wasted not not a single piece of usable content from that day oh my god it's a nightmare exactly so and i did that twice uh there was a after there was a uh a watch party and we did a show afterwards and i recorded nothing so i've done it twice so i'm no longer allowed to do live recording anymore on on site so yeah we all make mistakes oh man well, I really want to again thank you for taking time um, to come on the podcast and talk with us. It's it's really great to just see like the journey of people, especially me. That's what I love is seeing um, someone's journey, where they've came from, and then where they're going. So I really again uh, appreciate you coming on and talking with us today. Oh no problem, man. Anytime, and good luck with the podcast. Uh, like I said, don't stop. If this is something you enjoy doing. Uh, don't worry about downloads. Don't worry about followers and all that other crap. Just enjoy what you're doing. Put out good content and people will find it. Keep grinding, never give up, and good things will come. I think it's a great lesson. And Alf has definitely persevered through all the trials that can come with trying to get not only somewhere in sports, but also in podcasting, which can be a turbulent road to say the least. But it is great to know that there's people out there who will pay it forward and help others and try to pull them up and not keep them down. Thank you for listening, and we will be back soon with another episode of The Art of Conversation.